Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our 2021 in-house summer revival. We pray that from these teachings, you will be renewed, refreshed, and revitalized in the things of God. Well, we've got a full morning this morning. We've got a full day today. Amen. And the Lord, Tessie will be speaking this morning. The Falcons will have the service. Praise God. Did y'all enjoy Brother David Hill Friday night? What I had last night, wasn't that awesome? I think God's trying to tell us something. I hope you have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The Lord's really speaking something strong to us. And I believe it's from heaven itself. Amen. Well, we have communion this morning, so we'll uh, make sure everybody has communion uh, implements uh, before we receive it. And I know we've been speaking on health confession in front of the service, but let's wait and do it right after we take communion for our health and healing. Amen? Praise God. Let's lift our hands and welcome the presence of God in this morning. Father, we've been expecting, worshiping you, glorifying your name, knowing that you are here in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. You said, well, if you agree, gather in your name, you're right in the midst. We know that is a corporate promise. And we thank you that Jesus, the pastor of Island Church, is in the house today with all of his power, all of his goodness, his healing, saving, delivering ability. And we thank you today we'll all be blessed and edified. And Lord, we're declaring this in-house revival a super-spreader event. Not medically, but spiritually. And out of this meeting is going to come a super-spreading of the gospel all throughout this area and all over the world. We declare it in Jesus' name. Father, humbly and reverently, we come before you this morning. We ask for your power, your anointing, your peace, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you today, each and every person will receive something from heaven that will cause their life to be enhanced and blessed. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name, and all the congregation says, we invite everyone to receive communion. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're not a member of the church, that's okay. We invite Christians to receive communion. Amen. That is the uh, second Corinthians. Now, here's let's do it in its intended structure. First Corinthians chapter 11, we read scripture, we receive the host first, and then the, and then the, uh, the uh, thank you second. Two things let's do. There's anything in your life in between you and God. You know what that is. You don't have to be, you know, exhorted. You don't have to go through any type of laundry list. If you've got anything in your life that needs to be gotten rid of, as you receive communion today, you get rid of that out of your life. Can I get an amen? Secondly, you believe in God. You believe you receive healing. You might have been prayed for last week or five years ago. As you receive communion, you declare your healing. I believe I receive healing. Whether it's in your, your liver, your heart, your pancreas, your blood, whatever it may be, you just believe you receive healing in Jesus' name. Amen? And then all of us, all of us together, as we receive these implements, we are what? We are communing with God. It is communion. Amen? That means there's an element of fellowship with God that takes place on a different level when we receive communion. So we want it to be holy, sanctified, and we want its intended purpose to be manifest in everybody's life. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul, which is an amazing, I guess the best way to describe it, the protocol of the, of the Bible is amazing. Especially when you consider that God did not use any of the disciples who were present at the quote last Supper where Jesus initiated communion. He didn't let any of them write anything about that. But someone who was not there, who got it through what? Through revelation. Now, why would that be? 
Just think about it for a moment. Why would God do that? Because, you know, when you ask yourself these questions about God, it helps to make God bigger. Because you see his wisdom and how he does things. Well, if he did it using Peter, if Peter or John wrote about communion, then this communion ordinance would kind of settle itself into a kind of an aristocracy of the body of Christ. You call it the big eye of the little bee. That's not in our feet. That's not in the Well, I know some people that are, they think there's some big eyes. Well, that's not in the game. But according to the scripture, amen, according to the word of God, God did not come and save us so that we could all lord over each other. He saved us so we could serve one another. So he did everything he could do not to create some type of aristocracy in the kingdom. And that's, that's, that's why he released this revelation to the apostle Paul. He wasn't even there. So we know it was divine, it was by revelation. Amen? So here he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I received of the Lord, that's in uh, uh, verse 23, For I received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Now I believe Jesus, the Bible says in John chapter 3, he had a full measure of the Spirit of God. I believe he walked fully in the word of knowledge, in the word of wisdom, in the sending of spirits, fully in working of miracles, fully in divine healing and gifts of healing. In every one of the gifts of the spirit, he operated fully in it. So I believe he knew everything that was going on, past, present, and future, during his death, burial, and resurrection. He knew there would be people that would betray him. He knew that, 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 that the same Egypt would betray him. He knew all of this, yet he continued to move forward in kingdom business. Don't ever let opposition stop you from moving forward. It may come against your mind, it may come against your body, it may come, listen, it doesn't matter what people say, what people do, keep moving forward in God. So Jesus is moving forward. It says, uh, He took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it. He said, Take eat, this is my body. Which is broken. I love these two words. They should be underlined in your Bible. For you, watch out, you put me. And I say, for me. For me. Hey, if you will, carefully take the top off of the, the host part. The Bible says, if you found a way, if you found a good thing, you got a good thing. Amen. Take the host. The Heavenly Father, we know this is a representation of Jesus. And what took place on that fateful day? The scriptures call it his passion, the joy that was set before him. But he allowed his body to be broken. He allowed them to strike his back with a kind of mind He allowed them to put nails in his hands and his feet. He allowed them to put a crown of thorns upon his head. His body was broken so that we could be delivered. And we thank you today as we receive communion. We celebrate the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ and every power that it released on our behalf in order to set us free the bondage of the death. Jesus, we love you. We reverence you. We adore you. We honor you. And we break this bread now and protect and honor every this morning. In Jesus' name. Receive what you can. Thank you. Now carefully take the top off of the juice part of the communion receptacle there. So after the same men, also he took the cup. When he had sat saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This duty is after you drink it, notice the term, in remembrance of God. You study scripture, you will see that Jesus shed his blood. Seven different ways, which is the number of God, number of perfection. He shed his blood, he began in the garden. As he sweat his blood, drops of blood. And they put the crown of thorns upon his head. Head, his blood ran down his brain. 
and they nailed his hands and feet, his blood flowed. And they put that terrible spear in his side, the body said, the body says, outflowed blood and water. That was the birthing of the church, I think. Every person is born on the earth through blood and water. The church is born through the blood and the water of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful. There's something so awesome about blood. You said in the Word, the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. All the life that must have been in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very life and soul of God. That blood cleanses us. That blood purifies us. That blood establishes the New Testament. That blood purchased the church in great honor and respect of the seven ways he shared, but the one way he offered when he walked into the holy places, told it upon the mercy seat, so that the mercy of God would fall upon the earth and not his judgment. We thank you today as we receive it the blood, we declare our sins forgiven, we declare our bodies healed. We declare our blessing broken, and as we receive it, the cup this morning, we declare our total deliverance by the blood. By the blood. We say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. May we receive it in Jesus' name. Praise God. We want to invite Brother Rob Tessie to come and minister to us. I wanted to just leave. Uh, that's why we didn't pray for anybody this morning. We're going to leave the ministry. Him to see what the Lord wants to do. Don't forget tonight, Brother Keith and Sarah Hopper will be with us. Pray about us. Praise God, this race to Mexico. Been around the things of God for a long time. Give that away with a big hand clap. Let's stand here. I like wide eyed bags. <laughs> when we first came, we started to ask if there was a particular Sunday morning which the Spirit of God was moving very strongly. And he was the usher. And I thought we were fixing to lose it. You know, back to all these guys have been doing this around the world, I think he was kind of new at it. The morning just came to swoop across the We just got a little bit of it, you know. <laughs> thank God for what God's doing. And men and women that are hungry for God, and brother wives hungry for God, and we trust He's got a good word for us this morning. Give our praise, give our hands up. You may be seated. Glory to God. All right. As somebody said in the hallway, thank God for the Baptist. Heard uh, Brother, Brother John Osteen say that many, many times in listening to, to his sermons. Almost being a, 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 a weekly thing. Thank God for the Baptist. Okay. So this is it. We're on a journey. We are on the journey to revival this weekend. And man, what uh, what it's, what it's been like. Um, and I, I, I was talking to Pastor Rusty last night, and I said, man, if we ever do this again, you, you need to leave me first. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Brother Danny got up. Danny changed the whole filter of the way I read the Bible now. I mean, that, that, that word, you know, there, there's words you get, but there's words that just attach to your soul and attach to your spirit, man. And man, that just, you know, it just resonated with me. And, and it wasn't a, a, a sensational word. It was a teaching word, a, a word that just, just teaches you uh, to, to look at things in a whole different way. Um, to, to think about how the worlds were framed, the worlds were framed with love and, and all that. And that just, just, just blew me away. And, uh, and Brother, Brother Allen got up and, uh, man, when, when we were praying with Afghanistan, I, I mean, in my spirit, I was standing looking at those desert mountains and looking out on those people and seeing uh, the, the things that I could feel that suffering in me. And, and as we were outpouring and, 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 and Josh, man, what a wonderful testimony that was. And, and I, can't, I can't wait to get up and share. Uh, and, and the whole time you were thinking about that, I was like, hmm, I'm going to get up and, and, and share my miracle money testimony. And, and you know, I, I, I told Pastor Rusty I'd be done in less than three hours. Oh, wait. This is in the Baptist church. Okay. Um, but we'll move with the Holy Ghost. But I, I, I can't wait for them. So, so don't you want to find out? Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And then, 
So, so what Pastor Rusty said, he said, I've been in meetings where I've had to follow Oral Roberts and, and you know, I've had to be in with the good ones and in, in with Kenneth and Hagen and all, all these heroes of faith uh, that, that have come in and paved the way for us in generations past. And I said, well, I don't know about any of those folks. But thank God I didn't have to follow his sister before his sister. Oh, my. Woo! Man. When I saw her yesterday, I was ready to take my shoes off. I was like, I'm standing on holy ground. Man. When when the Spirit of God is on somebody and and, and they just share that, isn't it wonderful to be able to share and and that kind of thing? That's what the the journey to revival is all about because we're not on this road by ourselves. We're on this road together. We're all getting to to just uh, be knit together, as Brother Danny would say and Brother Alan would say, with love. One to another. That's how. That's how people. If you're visiting here today, that, that's what you're going to see. The, the fact that we're sitting in here, I, I can't tell you how many times that we have left this church and and be on the the road back home and say, I cannot believe that we get to go to church here. And I've I've always known in, in my spirit. I, from, uh, and I, I, I gave my life to the Lord November 21st, 1981, um, and, and, and thank God it stuck. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it, it was something. When I was a kid in, in single digits, you know, I, I had a drug problem too. I mean, my, my parents drug me from one church to the other just all the time. So, um, and I... And some of these testimonies I get to hear, I'm like, man, why couldn't I have a testimony like that? The the deliverance that God has done for people, that's such an amazing testimony. But, but, you know, we've all got our testimony. And and God brings us together. We've got different vantage points. And one of the things I want to share with you this morning, you know, I, I was looking down a list of the miracles that Jesus performed while he was on this earth. And, and of all the miracles that he did, you know that there is only one miracle that Jesus did that's recorded by all four gospel writers. Only one. I mean, uh, and, and you're probably thinking, and, and maybe if you if you've not looked at it by the numbers, you may you may think, well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the uh, uh, like Brother Alan said, uh, the raising of Lazarus. You know, thank God that he called Lazarus by name, or, or else uh, all, of, all of the Hadean world would have given up all the dead right there. He called Lazarus by name. But no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Lazarus. Well, maybe it was the woman, the woman with the issue of blood, the one who had the faith in her, that she needed to only reach out and touch the hand of his God, and she would be made whole. But no, not all four. And a matter of fact, we are. We all have different vantage points and different ways that we look at Jesus and, and think about Jesus and, and look at him from different angles. And, and that grows and it changes and it shifts over time. Uh, when, when I gave my life to the Lord as an eight, nine-year-old boy, um, the way that I look at Jesus now at, at nearly 50 years old is way different than, than when I looked at him then. And, and if, you're, if you're 30 years old now, and you gave your life to the Lord at 13, 14 years old, if you don't look at Jesus differently now, you need to grow in that faith uh, and, and be able to be able to understand that. But one, one miracle that was recorded by all four gospel writers, and it was all about sitting down and having a meal together. When, when 5,000 families came together in one place and had a meal together. And that's what we're going to talk about. But our journey to revival, I want us to go back, uh, and, and we'll visit David here a couple times. Uh, the psalmist uh, tells us in, in Psalms 85, uh, the, the centerpiece, the crown jewel uh, of Psalms 85. The psalmist says in verse 6, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Let me, let me read that one more time. We're, we're, we're going to join in 
Uh, we're going to join in with the psalmist this morning. Wilt thou not revive us? Now, everybody, revive us! Revive us! Revive us! That thy people may rejoice in thee. Verses 1 through 3. And, and see if this doesn't model after some of the prayers that we've heard in, in this place. And, and Pastor Rusty uh, lead us in. Verses 1 through 3 in, in Psalms 85. And, and it talks about the remembrance of the past. Uh, he, he starts to recount the victories, the things that, that uh, God had led him through. And then as he, as he finishes it out, verses 8 through 13 is a confidence because of the things that God has done for me before, I believe that He will do it again. I will believe that we will be revived. I believe we will have a reason to rejoice. I will believe we will see the deliverance that God and only God can give us. Man, what a, and that's what revival is all about. Revive us again. I'm going to start us off on a, a couple journeys. But we're going to uh, run over... Uh, to Mark and Mark chapter 6. For those of you that have the, the, the fancy iPads and iPhones and things like that, we'll be reading out of the NIV. Um, but we're going to be talking about how that Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000. And let's get started. All right. In Mark chapter 6, uh, we're going to go down to about verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people, help me out with that, so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, Brother Danny, he had compassion on them. Brother Alan, when he looked out on those people, he looked out with love. And, and th this compassion here, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit different if, if you start looking at it. It's compassion that, that comes just from the core of who you are. The bowels of compassion uh, that, that God has. And, and why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They, they were thrown every which way with, with the oppression of the law, with, with the, uh, the occupation of, of Rome. They didn't know which way to turn. They didn't know what to believe. They, they were hearing uh, lies and, and burdens and things that were bound on them from every side. Sound, sound a little familiar. Just a little, little too familiar. And when, when we look out on this world, uh, as we've been exhorted uh, by these, these brothers and, and, and this sister this weekend, let's put that love filter on when we're looking out. At it and, and allow that, allow that on, on the spirit, man. Um, and, and as Brother Rusty was, was teaching me, and, and, and as I was uh, just wanting to get closer and closer to God, and, and, and saw that, uh, you know, this being able to have the spirit manifest in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and, and as he was teaching, it, it has to come up from here, and that's where we need to get our love from. Let it draw from that bowels of compassion, let it come from the heart. And of who we are as spiritual individuals, uh, because people are they're hearing stuff from all over the place, from the news, from from politicians, uh, from celebrities, uh, you know, anybody that has a soapbox is standing on it, and and the messages are are way different. So we we have to go back and find a source of truth. We have to find a constant. We have to find a true north, and that is. The Word of God. As a matter of fact, going to that source, um, the Apostle Paul would write to a young gospel preacher named Timothy, and he would say, All Scripture 
comes from the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, or to say complete, and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That word scripture there is the grotto. As a matter of fact, there, there are three, uh, three words that would be uh, rendered for this, you know, as we're looking for a guide and, and looking for something uh, that's going to help us on this journey to revival. Uh, Grafes, you know, that, that's the one that we need to, to, to be able to have. When we walk around with this, this is the grafe. But God's given us a way to take the grafe and, and make it even better. What, uh, what you'll receive today, what you receive when, when uh, you come in and, and see Pastor Rusty, uh, when, when he is bringing forth a word, he's bringing forth something that's different. Uh, if we go back and, and look at, at the original Greek text that, that the New Testament was written in, he's bringing forth something called the Logos. The Logos is when you take the graphe and, and it becomes alive. It's the living embodiment of the Word of God. As a matter of fact, the Gospel writer John, uh, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, uh, he would be able to say, in the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. That's what the Logos is. It is the living embodiment of the Word of God. It is the Word of God made alive, and we're able to see it living and breathing and moving. But there's even a, you know, there's even a next level. I'll tell you about that in a second. Don't you want to find out? Okay. We're on a journey. A, a journey that's going to have uh, a couple stories. you mind if I start us out on two journeys this morning? I mean, we, we started out with, with that journey. What is the sparks of a journey or, or traveling? If you know me, you, you know I love Jeeps. And this is a, if you're going to, Brother George, if you're going to work on a Jeep, you got to have a 13-millimeter wrench. As a matter of fact, this, this wrench, uh, I believe today, it's, it's, uh, it's mine and this wrench's sixth anniversary. So we, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, kept, I kept the tag on this particular, what does this have the tag on it? Is he, is, is he going to get to the brakes and take it back to Lowe's and get a new one? Um, but six, six years ago, I needed, I needed this wrench. I've gone away to a quiet place. Because um, things have gotten really dark in my life. And we've gotten, uh, we've gotten a couple Jeeps. Uh, I mean, I was so happy when we got those jeeps. I mean, we got them. Um, we, we had his and hers jeeps. I had this orange one, and I was making it because we were going to go climb mountains and, and take it off-roading, and I was making it, you know, just look, look, this mountain, Kentucky mountain boy tough. I mean, it, it, it was, it was going to be redneck all the way through and through. And Priscilla, Priscilla, she had this beautiful white one, and uh, we, we went to the car lot and looked at it, and she said, and, and I looked at the, the sale price sticker on it, said $79,000. And I was like, no. <laughs> I, I, believe, I believe God, but, you know, we, we, we got to be good stewards of our resources, too. And, um, and I said, I can build that Jeep for you. I guarantee you for half that price. So, um, so, so we, got, we got one that was the same color, and, and I started working on it. And... Um, that week, uh, you know, we were so happy that we've gotten those deeds uh, and, and we're going to be working on them. And a few days before that, we went to the doctor for, um, is it okay if I say six years ago you were 40 years old? <laughs> anyway, um, I, I know, right? Um, all right. Thank, thank, thank God for grace. Um, so we, we uh, she went in for uh, for a lot of her checkups that, that folks get at a certain ages, and um, we got a word that shook us to the core of our faith. And I'm not going to stand here with my with my Baptist preacher suit on and, and tell you that that 
you know, I was rock solid and we didn't, it didn't even say we were Satan. They hit us with the word cancer. And, and it wasn't just cancer, it was an aggressive cancer that we had no time uh, to think about. And uh, that weekend, I needed to get along. And this is my third test. She's got a beautiful. If you want to hear a beautiful testimony of how someone can hold on to the Word of God and stand fast in her faith, you talk to her. My, my test, this is my testimony. Because uh, when you're dealing with things, you deal with it from different vantage points. You know, just like the, the disciples, uh, the apostles would have different vantage points of what they saw. This, this is my vantage point. I was scared. And uh, so I got away, and, and I thought working on working on this Jeep would be a way for me to uh, just just talk to God. Uh, at this point, I you know God and I had uh, more of a legalistic relationship. I guess I guess you could say uh, I, I love God and believe God's word, um, but I, I didn't have a, a full gospel approach to, to accepting Jesus at that time. So what, what's going to happen? This is probably everyday stuff for y'all. Uh, for the last three years since I've been coming to Island Church, this this is no big deal. But but this is a you know a, a career legalistic Christian uh, perspective. And I, I got under there and and I found out that there's no possible way that you can change the the hood latch on a Jeep without having a ratchet wrench. And I've gotten out all my tools and laid them out. The cool thing about a Jeep is they've got a little, a little, almost like a table so you can work on them. It's like they were made to be worked on. And I, 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 I put out all my sockets, you know, the little round sockets and the socket wrenches and the screwdrivers. Had them all nice and neat lined up because we were, I was lifting this thing and, and putting plain stuff on it and changing stuff out. And then I figured out, I need that wrench. So here comes a journey. So, so... Ask the question, what do I need? And a lot of times the question will spark a journey. It will spark revelation in your life, uh, being able to ask the question. That the first, uh, when we look at the words of Jesus, the first, first words that the gospel writers record uh, of him actually saying is a question. 307 times in the, the New Testament, Jesus asked questions. He gave a lot more questions and answers because questions will spark revelation in my life, and it'll it'll cause us to look at things from a much different perspective. So, what do I need? I need a ratchet wrench. So, all right, here we go to Lowe's. So, I hopped into Lowe's or hopped into the Jeep, and and we're headed to Lowe's. And man, I was upset. Um, you know, I, I had tears coming down. I was talking to God, and I, I was angry at what was going on, and just just asking God. You know, I, I stood in faith. I, I've pastored for years. I, I you know, I, I've loved you, and, and you know, I, I, why, why is this happening? What, what's going on with this? And you know, I got got into Lowe's, ran in, grabbed my wrench, and and came back out, and and just just boom, and just was going on all back and, and just going around those curvy roads uh, there in Kentucky and, and got up on the interstate and I just floored that thing. I was going up in the 70s and whipping around the curves and was hitting every, every bump I could and, and just, just taking it all out on that Jeep. And I got back and, and turned the curve to come to the house and the, the dime dropped. And as I was pulling up, and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I drove the Jeep, and all the tools were, were setting out across the front instead of driving the other Jeep. And I was like, what else? What else? So, and, and these were all the little round sockets and, and all this stuff. And, and so I, I got out and walked around front, I was like, maybe something made it. Every single tool was sitting on that front bumper. Every single one. Every round socket laying on that flat surface was sitting there. The, the socket wrenches 
the, the WB-40 cam was sitting right up there on them, every bit of it. And for the first time in my life, that's why, that's why I love that ranch. God spoke to me out of it. If I can hold the way you were driving, if I can hold all this miraculously on this front bumper and all the things that I have brought you through in your life, I did not bring you into this wilderness for you to die there. I did not stand with you through the fire for you to come out smelling smoke. But I brought you here to get rid of the bonds that were holding you back. And he said, took me to level three. Had the graphe. Knew all about the logos. He took me up to Raymond. He said, go read Mark 5, 1. And, and when I tell you that Mark 5, 1 is my favorite verse in the Bible, you're going to look at me like, really? Really? And it's not about the verse. It's about that is how I got it. That's the journey. That was a ring of words. And every time that I face something now, I'm able to say, I will come safely to the other side of the sea. I will come safely to the other side of the sea. As a matter of fact, I, I, I went with a, a lady that works with me just uh, a few, uh, a couple weeks ago. And she had gone out for breast cancer. And, and you know, we, we talked about it, and, and she was in prayer and in faith. And, and then she came back and found out that the thing you, you, you don't want to have to battle with this is, is uh, metastatic. And it was all through it. You know, we, we thought she was going to get to come back to, to work in uh, the end of August. And um, she said, I, I want you to, I want you to pray for me. And I said, um, I'd be honored to. And it wasn't a prayer as much as it was a declaration. And it was standing in faith on God's word. And so, oh, he has such a different way of praying now. And, and such a, a being able to, to stand on God's promises and, and know that God's going to do it. And I was able to share with her at the end of that declaration. And we spoke to that disease. We dared it to enter into her body that she was a child of God that it had no place there. We, we rebuked it and resisted it in Jesus' name. And, 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 and I said, here's what, here's what God gave me and my wife and I were going through this. And I said, you will. And that's a, a bold thing to tell somebody that has that kind, of a, that kind of a diagnosis. This is a medical diagnosis. I said, you will come safely to the other side. And when she came back a month early with a clean bill of health, yeah, On August the 1st, 30 days early, there, I, I've got the most beautiful picture on my phone. I, I mean, people were going up and, and doing selfies in front of her for, for, because of the great things. We weren't celebrating her. We were celebrating God. I mean, that's the God that we serve. He is El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. That's why, why David said, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Whew. All right, Mark chapter 6. That's journey 1. Let's look at journey 2. Well, by this time, it was late in the day. Maybe this stuff sounds more and more familiar, right? By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. 
send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said unto him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. And this, oh, how I pray. Oh, Father, let your word descend. I pray that this is someone sitting in this room who's reading a word today. When they found out. When they found out. I believe that's a word that, that someone here is, is searching for this morning. Because sometimes we need to be able to find out. But, this, you know, Jesus was dealing with, uh, he was dealing with good news and bad news all at the same time. You know, just, you know, just like in, in my, I mean, you know, we had these two beautiful brand new Jeeps. We finally gotten them. We were, we uh, were going, uh, we, we had a, a Hawaii vacation booked. Uh, that was supposed to be on that same day. I mean, everything was just just going great. I mean, we had so much to be happy about, and 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 then bad news over in this year. And Jesus was dealing with the same thing um, right at this time. He just got news. You know, how many how many sermons have you guys heard about the feeding of the five thousand? Like so many sermons, right? So many times. But maybe, maybe this perspective will be a little bit different. Sometimes you will have things going so well on this side, but yet there will be something over here that's a burden so hard you can barely bear it. And Jesus just, just had that happen to him. He got me news that John had died. Now, this isn't, you know, we, we looked at, uh, we talked about the disciple that Jesus loved, John, uh, you know, the one that was there at the cross when, when he said, you know, this is your mother now, take care, take care of my mother. Um, you know, that, that John, but th- this is a different John. This is uh, John, the, the son of, uh, of Zechariah, and uh, they, they went way back. I mean, they, they were... I mean, they were like peas and carrots, like John and, and Jesus. They, 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 go, they go so far back, all the way to, to their mother's womb. As a matter of fact, Zechariah was, was in the temple, uh, and, and, you know, he was in charge of incense, and, and then Gabriel, uh, yeah, the Gabriel, right, appears to him and says, Zechariah, you are going to have a son, your son is going to, to make the paths of the Lord straight. Your son is going to bring joy to you. Your joy is going to be, or your son is going to be bringing Israel back, uh, back into uh, fellowship with God. Your son is going to be going out and, and whispering that he won't be a drinker. He won't, he won't be doing any of these things. He's going to be keeping himself pure. And Zechariah is like, whoa. <laughs> You, you, you kind of you had me at you're going to have a son. <laughs> he, he couldn't get he couldn't get past he couldn't get past the information to be able to enjoy the blessing. And sometimes we can't get we, we can't get past uh, what God's given us to be able to see the joy that it's going to bring. Sometimes Some, sometimes we, we sometimes you're, you're having success, but it doesn't feel like success. And sometimes success is only in retrospect that you realize that. Man, that was the most successful time of my life. That was one of the greatest blessings of my life. And, and, and not even realize it in the present. And, and that's kind of what Zechariah did. Because when you start telling God who made you what's not in you, he shut, it, he shut his mouth and shut his mouth down quick. You know, and and, and maybe, maybe that's why he didn't even have a son up to that point. It's because he just needed to shut up for a minute. So sometimes we just got to be quiet and let God speak. And, and, and so he, he closed his mouth. And then, you know, Elizabeth would, would uh, become his child. And, and there would be a day when Mary 
who was also pregnant, would come. And, and man, as, as soon as Mary started walking up, John the Baptist, man, he started just dancing uh, in, in his mother's womb. He, start, he started doing uh, the, the chubby checker twist uh, in Elizabeth's womb. He started doing, uh, everybody knows I can't dance, but that's okay. Um, but he started dancing in his mother's womb. And John, uh, John was the same, the same John that one day was at the Jordan. And man, I, I, I hope they have instant replay in heaven. And, and we can see this. But I, I've always imagined it. Imagine him down in the riverbanks and looking up. Behold, the Lamb of God that come to take away the sins of the world. And he said, well, I need you to baptize me. I need to be baptized with you. I'm not worthy to, to buckle your shoe straps. That John. But he'd been killed by Herod because uh, he'd gone in and kind of got out of his lane there for a minute. He, he left the wilderness and decided to, uh, to take on Herod, told Herod that uh, he shouldn't be with his brother's wife. And uh, there was a grudge held there, and it, it ended up in, in him being killed, and he just found this out. But at the same time, the ministry was great. You know, here come the apostles, and, and the Bible doesn't tell us that he shared this news with the, the apostles, because sometimes, you, sometimes you're going to bear your burden alone for a little bit. You know, the Bible tells us to bear you one another's burdens, but it also tells us to bear our own burdens. And sometimes you've got something that you have to, to deal with, and you have to get along. To get along with Paul and seek some solitude. So, John chapter 6, verses 5 through 10. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where's, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, so here's the question. Where? The answer Philip gave, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite, just a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in this place. Mark would call it green grass. It almost sounds like Jesus has taken them back, doesn't it? And sometimes we need to go back. But he takes them back to a, a, very, uh, a very, very familiar passage that this could not remind me more of. The Lord is my shepherd. Remember, these people were like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green, green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth or he revives my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and I cup lamp over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it all started when they found out. And they had to go. I don't believe that the boy with the six barley loaves and the two fish was at the front of the crowd. But you remember, we just read what Jesus said. He said, go and see. So they had to go through the crowd and see. They had to find out what was there. Because it was already, just like Zechariah, the promise God gave him the ability 
before He gave him that rhema word, before He gave him that, it was already there. God has already deposited something in you. And when we think about the last days and we think about the fear and we think about uh, pandemics and epidemics and the things that are facing us and the news uh, the news, and, and all the politicians that are warring with each other and all these things, and sometimes your mind just wants to explode. Man, peace is already in you. You don't need to look for peace. You've already got it. You may have came here this morning hoping for healing. You don't need to get healed. You are healed in Jesus' name. And I want to know right now that you have come here and I want to be able to be praised. I want revival. You're already alive. You've already been revived. So I need to know, do you have anything to praise Him for? Do you have anything to praise Praise God. Stand up and give God some praise. Stand up and give Him praise. What have you done? What have you done? Who's got something to praise Him for? Who's been delivered? Who's been delivered? Oh, praise God. Woo! Woo! Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Woo! 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 Thank you, Father. You just need to find out. You need to find out what? What did you do? You can be seated because that's not the same. No. That's just that's just when they found out. They found out what they already had. The greatest one of the greatest miracles, the only miracle that all four gospel writers were inspired by the Holy Ghost to pin down on paper. Because remember, all Scripture was given by inspiration of God. There's only one that God inspired all of them to write. And that's the speed of the process. That's when they found out. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. <laughs> oh, I love that. The Lord is my shepherd. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples and set before the people. He also divided two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. So if, if it wasn't about finding out, then what was it about? How many how many loaves? How many loaves? Five loaves and two fish. Seven. What was he trying to teach them? You know, I don't believe. I, I've read all four gospel accounts. I've read different commentaries. Uh, matter of fact, I've been studying this passage for for most of this year. I never read where it ever became at any point. Now, where did the twelve baskets full of, of bread and fish come from? Where, where did enough? You know, the Bible says they ate. One, one translation says they ate until they were full. They ate until they were satisfied. With long life, you satisfied. What was he trying to teach? It never got beyond five and two. He just he just kept breaking it. It never got. I, I can't read anywhere where where it became a hundred fish and it became ten thousand loaves. It became it became uh, then all of a sudden a truck back then from Zebedee Fishing Corporation and unloaded uh, unloaded a million. Fish. No, none of that. Five and two the whole time. Every bit of it was five and two. But in order to come back and feed the 5,000, the disciples kept having to come back to Jesus. Why is that? The first I am statement recorded in the Bible, I am the bread of life. That's, that's what he was trying to teach them. I am the bread. We need to be filled again. We have to keep going, and that's how that's how God's going to reveal Himself 
he, you know, he didn't reveal himself in his fullness to me at age nine. And he, he doesn't do that to me either, but he, he reveals himself in fullness because he is the God of more than enough. And when I was nine, I was nine enough for nine. When, I, when we were going through the battle of cancer, we had the grace and the mercy to go through the battle of cancer because we went back to Jesus for that grace and for that mercy. When, when we needed to have a greater understanding and draw close to God, thank God he did us. Where we could get going back to Jesus one more time. Here's some more. Here's some more. He didn't make it a buffet. Do you know why? Because they would have worshipped the buffet. They would have been lined up at the buffet. They had to come back to him. The bread of life is what it's all about. So we are on the road to revival. The journey that we're all on. And we're going to need it. I really knew that I'd be here for the last days. And God chose each and every one of us to take that journey in the last of the last days. How will we navigate through it? I don't know. But don't you want to find out? Because I, I may not I may not have eight months of a man's wages to go and buy bread to find out or to go and buy information to find out. But I know where the information is for today. I know you know, and, and at that time in my life, the journey I was taking, it, it got down into fragments and it got down into pieces. I need a grace to get through that day. I need a grace to get through the minute. You know, there's been times in my life that I needed God's grace to take my next breath. It got down that small. And that's the pieces that He gives us. And we just keep going back to the bread of life. If you come to me, you know. If you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. He, he didn't want them. It was never about the bread. It was never about the fish. It was about knowing where to go. And I'm going to turn things back over to Pastor Rusty to close us out. But I need us to know where to go for the bread of life. Jesus says, I am that bread. The bread of life. Hallelujah. Before we take our this offering, let's bow our heads. Bow your head. Bow your head to the Lord. Reverence the Lord. Close your eyes and respect the people around you. Most valuable thing you'll ever own in your life your choice. They take your choice away, you don't have anything. But every human being on the earth, no matter how of an oppressive government or nation they're born into, they still have choices. Spiritual choices are the most important. Well, Rob talked about being born again at a young age. I was born again at age six. Choices that we made early, but did not lifelong effects. Serving God is the issue of life. There are many eight issues of life, but serving God is the issue of And here in the last days, you're going to see such a contrasting picture of people. As you watch the world moan and groan and sway back and forth under the tyranny of evil men and the oppression of a demonic system. There'll be another limit of people who will be full of joy, they'll have peace, in the midst of the worst pandemics the earth has ever seen, they'll have healing, the worst of the midst of the worst economic downturn, they'll have prosperity. And no one shall have peace, they'll have peace. And that's us, that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You come by choice, you live by choice, you stay in the family of God by choice. You fight your battles of faith by choice to get into the kingdom of Jesus. You choose to serve God. You hear the guy say, Pastor, I've never been Jesus, my Lord, my Savior. I, 
and they got Jesus, but I don't know him personally. I feel like, I, I, I have been born again, but I've, I've just broken fellowship with God. I've not lived with him. I've not done it. You need to get right this way. You need to do it. We're going to pray a simple prayer. We're not going to invite you up to the altar. We're just going to have you do a simple thing. And that is to pray corporately with us. But I do want you to act in faith in one way. And that is this way. You say, Pastor Russell, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. Please pray with me. I want you to look up your hand right and put it right back down. Put it up, then put it right back down. see one hand, two hands. You win. Look it up there. Don't be afraid of saying, we love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Two have lifted their hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Another lifted their hand. Three. Anyone else? If that's God dealing with your heart, four. Another's lifted their hand. Make it right today. Keep it right. You don't have to continue to serve God up and down, in and out. You can, listen, you can have a consistent, strong walk with God. You can do it. You can do it. You just need it. You just need a focal point. See, that's why I talked so much about March the 4th, 1984. That was a focal point. That was a landmark in my life. And I, when I came back to Jesus, backslid out of faith, lost it in there, came back to Jesus. He just received. He loved me with a love I could have never experienced. As you remain in that level position, Head bowed, your eyes closed. Everyone pray this prayer out loud. And you can, you can raise your hand. Make sure you say it in such a way that you can ears hear. And say it. That today, let's see, today is the 15th. August the 15th, 2021 was your landmark. That's what God says in Proverbs three different times. Let all the move the ancient landmarks. Those are the places that you are. So everyone pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus, for who he was and who he is today. I take this opportunity to confess him as my Lord and my Savior. According to the scripture, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you said, if I believe in my heart, if I confess with my mouth, that you, Heavenly Father, have raised your son Jesus from the dead, that I would be saved. And I would be born again. I would leave the human family, and I would come into God's family. Help me to know everything that means, Lord. Help me to experience everything that is, Lord. Heavenly Father, I know you want. Now I am coming. To ask forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. You receive back the power. You put a robe upon me. Put shoes on my feet. A ring on my hand. You do everything you can to help me to get right and to stay right. So I use my choice this morning to make a declaration. I am born again. I am a child of God. I will not live for the devil. I will not yield to my flesh. I will be with God. Just call the destiny to be. In the last and the last days, I will not, I will not fall into lockstep with the world and the demonic system. But I will rise above it. Live by faith. Enjoy health that God gives. Enjoy wealth that God gives. I will be the person that God is always destined to be. Jesus, amen. Don't you say? Don't you glad Jesus is your Lord? Oh, come on, this place is God. We thank you, Father. Oh, we thank you. We're born again. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Savior. We are going to heal the body. We are going to save the body. Praise God. Hey, God's got some great things. We're going to see revival break out in this church. I've seen it in the spirit. Actually, I saw it over 30 years ago in the spirit. And I saw this huge ball of fire. But then I saw all these little balls of fire leaving that huge ball of fire. 
and hitting all over the world. We're already seeing it. You say, well, it's just one here and one there. Listen, you stay with what you have and you get to an exponential point what is addition comes into multiplication. We're seeing that. We're going to rejoice in it in Jesus' name. So tonight, our last prayer meeting for this uh, uh, revival time will be at 6 o'clock. So come and pray with us. And it's more the prayer meetings have been rich. They're just really. It seems like you just step in the door right there and you're in the spirit. You're able to pray and intercede. Amen. So be sure to come in. We have a fellowship afterwards. Uh, we're not going to have, I think they said street tacos. No, we don't And so be sure and be sure and come. All of our visitors, thank you for coming. Don't forget our visitors center out there. Got a beautiful gift we'd like to present you here. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand on your feet if you will? Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we've been enriched, informed, inspired. Faith has come. Hope rises. And Lord, no matter what's going on in the darkness of this world, the light of your kingdom is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. We thank you for protection and safety. Being Sunday morning, as is our tradition, we project our faith out into the week. Thank you, you Heavenly Father, no evil falls us, but perkins no glory. All of our travels and highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way of transportation, we are safe. The righteous labor of our hands, our own business, the job in which we work, we declare we're not subject to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We even push back against the devil when it comes to the coronavirus. We declare we are the redeemed of God. And that's redeemed from every curse that has come upon this planet. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave, thank you that the fire of evangelism is beginning to burn. Jesus, we say, a smoking flax or a dying ember, you would not quench. But Lord, we know that you brought blow the breath of God and cause that ember to spark into a flame. We thank you, Father, as we stir the embers of that, which we've experienced over the years here at Highland Church, a new flame comes in. Unextinguishable, burning throughout the last days, drawing men and women to the kingdom, demonstrating the defeat of the devil, and bringing great blessing everywhere. Thank you, Lord, as we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave today walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ who calls to you. Thank you, Lord. We're not in church, we're covered by the blood, we're empowered by the Lord. God bless you.